My Govanen, Melunin, and thanks for tuning in to Speak, Friend, and Enter Deep Lore. This is where I try to make the dense, poetic stories in the Silmarillion more accessible so nerds and non-nerds can fully enjoy them. I'm Leah, a level 900 nerd wizard, and today we're going to continue talking about the creation of the world of Lord of the Rings. Previously, we talked about the Ainu Lindale, or the music of the Ainur, in which the creator god Eru Iluvatar conducted the Ainur in creating a beautiful music, which in turn created Arda. And also, Melkor was in there mucking stuff up and being a general wang. The part we talked about before was only the straight-up creation of Arda. More juicy stuff comes after. Some of the Ainur go down into Middle-earth to make it ready for the coming of elves and men who are called the Children of Iluvatar. This includes Melkor, who puts on a tight smile and says, <laughs> Yeah, I totally want to order things for the good of the children. I love teamwork, and I'm definitely not jealous of elves and men who our dad loves more than me. <laughs> it's great. However, the true desire of his heart is to have subjects and servants and to be called Lord and to be a master over other wills. The Ainur behold the things that Arda is made of, light and wind and earth and gold, but out of everything in the world, they love water the most. Here's another theme that comes up a lot that I want to point to early on. And it is said by the Eldar, that is the elves, that in water there lives yet the echo of the music of the Ainur more than in any substance else that is in this earth. And many of the children of Iluvatar hearken still unsated to the voices of the sea and yet know not for what they listen. The way that singing and sorrow and love of the sea are all connected in Tolkien's works is something I've always been really into, so I wanted to bring it up now so I can keep pointing back to this and say, see, isn't this neat? The Valar all kind of have their domain that they're in charge of, and we'll do a full dramatis personae of them next episode. Right now, we'll talk about three of the big boys, Olmo, Manwe, and Aule. When Olmo, U-L-M-O, is introduced in the Ainulindale, it's thus. Now to water had that Ainu whom the elves call Olmo turned his thought, and of all most deeply was he instructed by Iluvatar in music. Those are two ostensibly unrelated clauses, but Tolkien presents them as one idea, because of course, the most musical guy is the one who is most deeply connected to water. Manwe, M-A-N-W-E umlaut, is called the noblest of the Ainur, and he becomes their leader. His domain is that of the air and wind. He can hear just about anything that happens in Arda by listening on the wind, or because birds are gossiping to him, whichever you prefer. Aule, A-U-L-E umlaut, is only just less skilled and intelligent than Melkor. He loves to make things, and he doesn't even care if he gets to keep the things. The delight and pride of Aule is in the deed of making, and in the thing made, and neither in possession nor in his own mastery. It's going to come up a lot later that while the act of creation is nearly always presented as a good, heroic act, loving the things that you create with a jealous love is selfish and a path to wickedness. 
We saw this in the beginning of the Einolindale, where Melkor wanted to make different music, but specifically to increase his own glory and not out of joy taken in the music. We will see it again later when Feanor creates the Silmarils and loves them too greatly. So we're back in the primordial world of Arda. Melkor drops the ruse that he loves the children of Iluvatar so much, and he just literally sets the world on fire. When therefore Earth was yet young and full of flame, Melkor coveted it, and he said to the other Valar, This shall be my own kingdom, and I name it unto myself. But Manwe is equal to power in Melkor, and he was the chief instrument of the second theme that Iluvatar had raised up against the discord of Melkor. So he calls in the cavalry, and Melkor withdraws, but still he covets Arda. The Valar kind of take a physical form, which they can turn on and off at will, and they, along with the Maiar, begin the work of the ordering of the earth and the curbing of its tumults to make it ready for the children of Iluvatar. They make it beautiful and glorious, a garden for their delight. Melkor sees this and grows even more envious, and he too takes a physical form. But because of the malice within him, the form is spooky scary, and he descends upon Arda with a terrible power and a dark majesty. This begins the first battle of the Valar with Melkor over who gets to be in charge of Arda. This is less of a physical battle where they trade blows, and more of a violent, tumultuous, griefy Minecraft session. The Valar build lands and Melkor destroys them. They delve valleys and Melkor raises them up. They carve mountains and Melkor throws them down. They hollow seas and Melkor spills them. The Valar do eventually create a lovely world, but nothing they make is exactly up to spec because Melkor's dirty fingerprints are in absolutely everything. And that's the Ainulindale, the music of the Ainur, and the creation of Arda for the coming of elves and men, the firstborn and the followers. That's going to be it for this episode of Speak, Friend, and Enter Deep Lore. If you liked what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Those reviews really help people find the show. If you have a question about anything I've just talked about or anything else Lord of the Rings related, please email us at speakfriendpod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Twitter at speakfriendpod for official pod stuff, and my personal Twitter is at askistwin, that's I-S-T-W-E-N. In the next Deep Lore episode, we'll be discussing the Valaquenta, the account of the Valar. We'll learn a little more about who's in charge of crying, stars, the dead, and Ents. Until next time, Muhu Turgizu Turugoskin. May your beard continue to grow. <laughs>